I don't know about you guys, but I absolutely love keeping my face nicely shaved, nice and clean for my wife, and just that nice, clean, professional look. I suggest you guys also do the same thing, and you can do it fantastically with a great company called Harry's. Harry's is such an amazing product, not to mention how much could you save in one year by switching to Harry's? It's enough to buy 26 cups of coffee in New York City or enough for three deep dish Chicago pizzas. Enough to pay for six months of your Netflix subscription. How, you ask? Harry's delivers high-quality razor blades as low as $2 each. That's it, just $2. A fraction of the price of the leading brand and saving you hundreds of dollars over time. I just love the product. It's 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 a close shave. The design of the handle is ergonomic. It fits my hand perfectly. The shave gel really makes it nice and smooth, and it smells fantastic. You can get a Harry's trial set delivered to your doorstep by going to harrys.com slash frequency. You got to try it out. Durable blades, fair price, $2 per blade. They cut out the middleman manufacturing blades in their German blade factory that's been making precision blades for a century. That's why you get that nice, close shave and that wonderful handle. Harry actually has all your grooming needs covered in one stop. You can get blades, hair care, shower products, all on harrys.com. And just like their blades, Harry's is committed to providing premium products without breaking the break. You can feel a little better about your purchase knowing that 1% of the proceeds are set aside for nonprofit organizations devoting to helping provide access to better mental health care for men and veterans. I know I can get behind that. To help support those who need it most, right now, Harry's is donating a million dollars worth of shaving supplies to hospitals across the United States. Listeners of Finding Your Frequency can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash frequency. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and safe to grab on the go. Don't forget, go to harrys.com slash frequency and start saving money today. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. We're still seeing it quite well through that haze. E equals MC. That all men are created About the future innovation. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another great episode of Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Ryan Treasure. Thank you guys for tuning in right here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Boy, do we got a bang up show for you all today. Uh, you know, we, we've been covering so many different, uh, you know, emotional topics over the last couple of weeks with, you know, everybody kind of sequestered at home, working from home, uh, you know, talking about a lot of those items. And uh, it's going to be a really fun episode today as we shift gears just a little bit and, and talk about entrepreneurship and e-commerce and digital marketing and you know all of the things that uh, any business that's operating in today's landscape should definitely be aware of. We're going to talk to Scott Bartnick, who's a strong professional leader with a degree in industrial and system engineering specializing in public relations. He's a serial entrepreneur, a published author, and a successful business owner with extensive
extensive, diverse experience with e-commerce consulting, operational excellence, public relations, sales, and marketing. All of those things, PR, sales, marketing, boom, those are the things that drive businesses and things that we want to talk about. So, Scott, welcome to the show. Ryan, thanks, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, we really appreciate you uh, taking time out of your day. Uh, I know how you entrepreneurs are. You guys are going like 700 directions at any one given time, and I know your time is valuable, so we really appreciate you jumping on here. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. So, you know, I was kind of mentioning in the beginning of the episode, uh, you have a lot of companies, right? Uh, e-commerce companies, they need to need to have PR, they need to have uh, brand awareness to create sales. Um, you got to have marketing to get to those sales. And I think a lot of people in the digital landscape kind of get a little bit confused as to, you know, what are the trends that are happening right now? Where do I spend my marketing dollars? Is it is it Facebook videos? Is it influencer marketing? Is it, you know, uh, pay-per-click? Uh, you know, is it, you know, Google, any of those kind of things. And, you know, I think those are a lot of questions that people have when it comes to digital marketing and things that they should look at. And we'll, we'll talk more about that. But first, let's talk about you. Um, how, how did you get into uh, into sales marketing? And, you know, what 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 was your your story and how you found your frequency? I mean, you don't just, you know, get born and say, I'm going to be a, a marketer or, you know, there's obviously some kind of a ramping a period, something that uh, you found uh, that was near and dear to your heart, which made that made you have be passionate for this particular uh, uh, area that you work in. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you found your frequency in life and in business. Yeah, definitely. There was a huge ramp up period for me. So I actually, as you said, I'm an, an engineer. I have a degree in industrial and systems engineering, and I work corporately for a, a multi-billion dollar uh, engineering firm, Eaton Corporation, electrical manufacturing, and to be honest, I was pretty miserable. Um, the job was good, the company was great, they were really good to me, the pay was awesome, but I just didn't feel a passion for what I was doing. I was bored, I didn't feel challenged, I didn't feel like getting up to go to work every day, and I just didn't feel connected to the company as a whole. And um, actually one day I read the the 4-Hour Work Week as a, a reference from a friend referred me over to that book, and it kind of just changed my perspective on life. I always kind of thought nine to five, get a good job, go to school, kind of follow this career path. And uh, the book just kind of 180 in my life. And I actually <laughs> um, started a, an LLC one week later, had my first product launch six, six months later. And that's just because it was inventory. So it took a while to get there. Um, but ever since then, I've been building I, about two years in, I quit my job. And I have now I have four LLCs. I have, I think, eight brands. I've, I've honestly lost count, but I'm always pumping out new things. And uh, really focused on my PR agency right now, which has uh, been a huge success. We actually um, only about eight months old, but we've we've grown dramatically, especially during a time like this. And it's really kind of a turnaround story for me because I was uh, due to to COVID. I, I deal a lot with live events, and I almost went bankrupt on inventory, just uh, being held for big festivals and music events. And so this oh, this yeah. company was kind of uh, a happy accident. But I'm I'm very excited for where I am right now. Oh, you 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 struck a chord with me. I am a, I am a lover of all things live events. Uh, you know, last year I probably went to you know fifteen or sixteen different events around the country. Uh, you know, doing doing the show. We we take the show on the road, right? And we go to different uh, different places that are that are filled with great authors and speakers and folks uh, entrepreneurs like yourself. And you know, we we get in there and you know do masterminds with those folks and all that. And yeah, it's been a, a really weird experience for. 2020 not having that outlet of live events you know uh being in the broadcast industry for so long too we are usually invited to do um broadcasting at the advanced advertising pavilion 
Canadian at the National Association of Broadcasters uh, event that happens for a week every year in Las Vegas with almost a million attendees. You know, it's a great thing for our company and our brand. And, you know, uh, and, and we haven't been able to do that. You know, it's it's so difficult now with the with all this COVID stuff going on to like get in front of potential customers because everybody's at home or, or working remotely. And uh, the whole idea of networking in person has just been kind of chucked out the window. <laughs> Yeah, the landscape has changed hugely. I mean, like I said, I, w- I was selling into the live event space and it just it's gone. That whole revenue source was gone. And so finding a new way to connect with customers, finding a new potential service, uh, it's just been a crazy year. And I think it's been that way for most people. Just all companies are being flipped upside down and the, the smaller limbo ones are uh, finding ways to succeed or, or getting shut down. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely been the case, too, for us here at Voice America. We've had to, you know, kind of take a few steps back and pivot for our, our kind of our, our live events inventory. And, you know, how can we still do events, but do them remotely? So, of course, we've come up with some really cool ways where we're simulcasting live radio shows. That's also a webinar that's also on YouTube or Facebook live stream simultaneously. Um, but still, you know, being able to do some uh, uh, some data capture with people signing up for those webinars and kind of trying to do you know uh, digital experiences in that space and bring something to the table that's new and fun and unique uh, but at the same time you know allow our our people to still connect in a manner where they can you know um, um, have some synergies and and it's been it's been definitely challenging what, what are you seeing in the landscape um, of you know being an entrepreneur I'm sure you're coming up with many ideas uh, on on how to get in front of new people what are kind of the challenges that you guys are dealing with now and how are you overcoming those so I actually think we have more of an advantage now than ever. We're building a, a PR firm and our team is almost fully remote. We have about 10 that are local to, um, we're in Orlando, Florida, so they're local to that Orlando area. The rest are all over the country, but the the benefit is that now this is the standard. So people, when you're approaching them and when you're hiring them, they expect to re- be remote, which fits our model perfectly. So we built our model around the new, I guess the new regular um, and it, it's just, allowed us for rapid growth. We've, we went from zero employees to 15 uh, in less than six months and, and we're hiring nonstop. Uh, that's, we're hiring someone to hire people. So <laughs> it, it, it's just been taking advantage of the, I guess again, the, the new realm, the new, the new model and just the work at home, the remote lifestyle yep. has led us to kind of grow so quickly. Yeah, you know, we've, we've kind of been experiencing the same thing as uh, uh, Voice America has been online doing internet talk radio since 1999, right? And so we were kind of always ahead of the curve before the whole podcast craze, you know, before iPhone even came out or any of those smartphones, we were, you know, creating MP3 files and putting them up on demand. And, you know, when this year hit, you know, for us, it was kind of like, hey, now's probably the best time for people to get involved in creating a podcast or doing a radio show because, you know, it gives you that stepping stone or that, you know, that soapbox um, that you can get in front of people, but without, you know, doing a live event or without having to see people in person. And so we've seen some exponential growth in that space. I know this time last year, there was something like 800,000 podcasts that were uh, out and about. And now uh, there's well over a million and we've seen a 20% increase in the space over the, the months here is seven months into 2020 and it's just been exploding. I'm sure you guys are seeing some similar stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we do a lot of digital marketing and digital media, getting people on things. So just the viewership is up in a whole, but also selling to clients. Clients are now more open to working with a digital agency and having remote services. So people that 
used to want to come into your office and talk to you and meet the team and would take weeks or months to close. Now I'm closing over the phone instantly just because they can't even go into the office. So if there was an office for them, to, they, they just wouldn't even come in. So it's just kind of changed. The landscape is continuously changing and we're, we're learning how to evolve to that. Yeah, I think the one of the key words for 2020 is adaptability, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, always updating and adapting. Yeah, it's like a, a pivot table on a spreadsheet, right? You got to be able to pivot <laughs> left and right and, uh, and be able to take advantage of what's put in front of you. And I know for me, like LinkedIn has been an exponential tool in connecting with folks, uh, A, for guests for the radio show, but also business opportunities because a lot more people are more engaged on social media now uh, than they were previous because everybody's working remotely. And so really, you know, to, to get out there and meet new people and, and talk to folks just like yourself, uh, LinkedIn has been exponential uh you know uh aggravator so to speak of 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 you know bringing new people to the table are you seeing the same thing with social media in your space yeah so we're not so focused on social media we're focused on those those digital placements like opportunities like this but we're definitely are and i think that one of the advantages is realizing that you have to be aggressive on those platforms and messaging people and saying hi but because you're not in person you have to be more aggressive so uh, even on LinkedIn, if I'm gonna, if I want to talk to someone, I find ten people that I want to talk to that have very similar backgrounds. I reach out to all of them because if I'm lucky, maybe two will respond. Mm-hmm. But it's just a different platform than being in a, a conference or a meeting where you get to be face to face and talk to someone. You have to kind of really put yourself out there and put good content out there so people want to talk to you and kind of prove yourself and put your resume out there so people can look at it in, in whatever sense it is, is whether that's building up your LinkedIn or building out your Instagram or building out your Google uh, search results just so people kind of, once you do reach out, they, they go ahead and Google you and they find you, they see who you are and then they're like, okay, I do want to talk to this person. Yeah, that's an interesting take. Um, some stuff that I've kind of been seeing uh, where content-based marketing has been huge over the last seven, eight, 12 months because you have all of these people who are looking to get in front of people. You don't have the the live events like you were saying. And, and then it's also you know, not good business practice to go into a sales pitch to somebody on LinkedIn. Like right when you guys first connect, you have to, you have to kind of build the relationship and showcase your value. Right. And that's, that's kind of one of the challenging things in the space right now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, sharing good content is one of the best ways to do that, especially on LinkedIn is making sure you're, you're writing or you're sharing good articles, just giving, trying to give it back value in any way with the PR agency. A lot of times what we'll do is we'll get our clients to be guest writers on different platforms and, we tell them like, hey, no marketing here, absolutely no marketing. Your goal is literally just to give back to the community. So if you're in tech, you're in the SaaS service, give your top 10 tips. Um, same as me here is I'm, I'm hoping I can teach someone something <laughs> to give them an idea and get them started on, on their journey. Yeah, I, I tell our, our radio show host that all the time. I'm like, be a thought leader first and, and, and provide service to people before you start going down the avenue of trying to have like a hard sale or closing something because, you know, that that gets people like a higher level of trust with that individual when you're able to put out content in a manner where you're showcasing yourself as a thought leader in a particular industry versus, you know, that, hey, Joe, I found you on uh, LinkedIn. I see that you do X, Y, and Z. Well, my company can help you. Here's a solution. And it's like, why are you throwing solutions at people? You don't even know who they are. Do they even need your solution? Like, I think there has to be, you know, conversations around some of that stuff. Uh, I find them comical. I get them every day. <laughs> Absolutely. I think thought leader is a, a great keyword. Uh, we push a lot of our clients into positioning to give back. I mean, even in YouTube, the, the better channels are helping people. They're guiding. Uh, it's no more, there's no more hard selling. It's, it's 
kind of where is the value and you've got to show it before you can kind of take someone down that path. Yeah. And, you know, from your world being in public relations, too, I mean, have you seen a shift in like the verbiage that people use, too? I noticed that um, there's a lot less of people saying I'm an expert. Um, I'm a this. I'm a that. And it's more of uh, kind of a consulting role and, and not really putting yourself above other people in certain aspects. Right. Definitely. I mean, we're still trying to position our clients as experts. And I think that to call yourself an expert, everyone has their own terms. I mean, if I have 20 articles written about me and I have 30 articles that are guest piece and I'm helping companies sell multi-million dollar contracts, things like that, then I think you're valid in calling yourself an expert. So it's just, where is that threshold to call yourself an expert? And so people that are just starting their journeys. I don't think have the right to call themselves an expert and they should just start giving back value in whatever way they can and build up that repertoire and that, that building and that, that press um, press kit basically. Yeah. So let me give you an example, right? I've been in the digital media space since 1999. Um, I've done thousands and thousands of hours of on air radio. Um, I've trained hundreds and hundreds of radio show hosts on how to do radio, how to get the most out of it, but nobody's ever written an article about me, but I still consider myself an expert. Is that okay? Yeah, no, I definitely consider you an expert. <laughs> I mean, you put in, you put in the hard work, you're proving it every day. You have a successful channel. You're, you're, doing all the right things. So yes, absolutely, you're an expert. So if you were bringing on a brand new client in this crazy new normal time that we're dealing with, um, what are one of the first couple of things that you would have them do um, to really set themselves apart? Because in the in the digital space, there's, you know, so much jockeying and um, I, I, I can't help but lean towards, you know, uh, like maybe YouTube advertising or pay-per-click, right? Um, when you're when you're working with Google AdSense and, uh, and and all that kind of stuff, you know, a lot of people, you know, they they look at those spaces and they go, okay, well, I have these competitors. I need to outbid these competitors to get more clicks to drive traffic. Um, what are what are you seeing as a trend where people are spending their marketing dollars to uh, to bring awareness to their brand? So when we get a new client, what we really focus on is the branding, the messaging, and building community. And you must mentioned that that ad spend, that click cost. Basically, in my opinion, and what we've seen happen is the better your messaging is, the better your community is, the better your, your visuals are, the more context that you have to who you are, everything's gonna drop. So we do a lot with Amazon sellers uh, and we help them build their credibility through different channels. But building that community, getting a couple more sales, it, it helps reduce their actual cost of ad spend. So. Uh, a lot of people, there's not an easy way to track the ROI with PR and branding, but you'll naturally see it. Even changing your logo or changing, you know, your your hashtag, whatever your your phrases and the way you say things, really makes a huge difference on conversion. And so that's going to drop your all your ad spend so much. And so people that aren't profitable, that's we're going to tell them stop running ads. Let's figure out a way to get your messaging out so you're hitting your community and you're building community around your product before you're even running ads. Are you having trouble finding hand sanitizer? Well, Spa Treat has you covered. There's no need to go searching high and low. Just visit SpaTreatOfficial.com and place your order on their easy-to-use website. On-schedule delivery. One of the great things about this product, Spa Treat Fulfillment Team is working around the clock to provide people hand sanitizer during this time of need and get your order to you as quickly as possible, even faster than Amazon. 
SpaTreat also has the lowest price of any of its competitors. SpaTreat has 62% alcohol content and the FDA recommends between 60 to 80 for maximum protection. This one has 62 because it doesn't dry your hands out. I use this stuff every single day. It is fantastic. It's got certified organic extracts with the ingredients in that hand sanitizer that are of the highest quality and they're designed to leave your hands smelling and feeling fresh while protecting you at the same time. The best part, there's no tricky residue left over. None. None of that sticky stuff. Four scents available, unscented, tea tree, lavender, and lemon. And best of all, this product right here is made in the good old United States of America. A lot of companies are having trouble dealing with the current demands, so Spa Treat has dedicated themselves to providing a much-needed product in the time of crisis. Spa Treat has better prices, faster shipping, and a larger supply than any of their competition. There isn't even a close second. Visit SpaTreatOfficial.com and enter promo code SPA SPA at checkout to receive 5% off your entire order. That's right. Not only are they offering the lowest price available, but they're also offering our listeners a discount. This promo code is exclusive to Voice America and only our listeners get this discount. Spa Tree and Voice America came together on this sponsorship in order to provide Americans something they could really need right now. Peace of mind. Visit SpaTreatOfficial.com and order yours today. That's SpaTreatOfficial.com and make sure you use the promo code SPA at checkout to receive 5% off your entire order. SpaTreatOfficial.com. Get your awesome hand sanitizer. When I'm when I'm providing consultation services in that space too, I'm always telling people like, we've got to make sure that you're getting some organic traffic to whatever you're doing first before we start looking at paid. Because if you don't have your website set up um, in a manner where you can you know bring in some leads or bring in some interested parties with organic, then you're going to have a hard time when you start doing paid. Yeah, I mean that's exactly it. I can send whoever they whoever needs it. I can send them ten thousand views in one day. But if they're not set up to convert, they might not make a single sale. And so that's a lot of what we tell our clients is, hey, we're going to coach you through this entire process. But if you don't take advantage of the traffic, if you don't change your verbiage, if you don't start pulling in natural conversions through your own channels, it's just never going to work. You have to start at the basics, get your brand down and start building that that natural community. Uh, Even if you have 10 people that are avid about your brand, 10 affiliates, that's going to build an entire company because they're going to tell their friends, they're going to start giving you suggestions, they're going to proofread your website they're going to look at everything you do and give you advice and that's really what takes you to the next level is having those people involved in your company yeah i mean how important are testimonials from customers that you work with right i mean they're so invaluable because those folks have paid for your services um and then they're still willing to you know on video or in an email or whatever the case may be provide a testimonial on how you know your solution was able to help them in their particular need and i feel like you know those those testimonials are more powerful than an faq page right you can you know share those with potential folks and 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 i like that because it kind of allows you know the potential customer to put themselves in the shoes of the person providing the testimonial and they feel like you know hey wait a minute if this guy was able to get this traction then you know maybe i can get the same traction too i mean that's exactly it i mean reviews and case studies are huge so obviously as a new company you're not going to have a whole bunch of reviews but what you want to do is potentially give a big discount get those case studies so with our company one of the biggest clients we've ever had was one that we took on basically for free it was levy um, large international hotel chain, uh, but they were able to go viral because of their story. We helped them kind of create that brand and that story around them. But that one case study for us has launched the entire company because we were so successful with them. We got them every major news <laughs> station you can think of, and it just was a completely viral campaign. And so 
it was worth it for us to do that at break even or a loss to have that case study to then showcase our work and showcase what we're able to do to get other clients in. So again, that's all about conversion and that's that, hey, look at what we've done now, like what can we do for you? Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the the word case study. I'm in the I'm in the process of doing that for us here at Voice America. We have had um, several Fortune 500 companies, um, and then also some other companies that are private that don't hit the Fortune 500 list, but are still doing you know 46 and 47 billion dollars in revenue uh, for professional services on a on a yearly basis. And you, we we did something really similar, right? We gave we gave those companies an extremely large discount on our services because just knowing the breadth of who they are and what they provide to the 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 landscape in digital, you know, it was like, hey, wait a minute, if we can work with these guys and then we can show uh, a tried and true business model on how we worked with these large organizations to put them and position them as thought leaders in their particular space, you know, then that gives me some ammunition. Um, I'm literally in the in the middle of writing that up right now um, from from what we did in 2018 and 19 with a combination of, you know, a radio show that goes to a podcast. It's an Alexa skill uh, and how were we able to drive traffic and thought leadership awareness for large brands in that space using um, using audio and the spoken word. And um, it's been extremely advantageous to us over the last uh, a year or so to be able to have those case studies to showcase to people. And we don't even have to name drop, right? I, I never tell them the name of the company because the company has asked us not to do that. Um, but really the proof is in that statistical data that's in those in those write-ups. I mean, you can clearly see, hey, we started with nothing and then at the end of our year campaign, we had you know X amount of uniques, brand new listeners, uh, traffic was driven to those spaces. You guys had leads that generated that you also closed and being able to put that in front of other businesses to showcase the power of the medium um, you know, with those case studies was so invaluable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's also how you position that case study. So. Once you get it, you have to use it properly. You have to put it in a way that's digestible to your clients and make sure you're actually hitting on what the clients are interested in. So we use several case studies and each one's worded to a different audience to make sure that we're trying to connect with an individual. So, I mean, we're writing everyone as if we're trying to talk to you. And that's really a big thing is we want you to be involved. We want, it's not a, we're not selling. I mean, even though we're B2B, we're really B2C. We're really, we're selling to an individual because at the end of the day, every person, no matter how big they are in the company, they're just an individual that you need to connect with. Oh, 100%, Because, uh, you know, it's really hard to get to those CMOs sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, for the smaller companies, it's pretty easy. But obviously, once you're going to the bigger companies and trying to close those bigger deals, it's hard to reach them. So you've got to connect. Even if you make a connection with the secretary and the secretary loves you, I mean, that's your in. You'd be surprised <laughs> at how many major deals are, are closed by a secretary who's just trusted. Oh, that's really funny. Uh, <laughs> I have a similar story with the secretary, like early on in my radio career. Um, I, I had finished going to the Academy of Radio and Television Broadcasting and I'm like, you know, you have to go do internship hours. And so I go to this radio station. I say, hey, can I do some internship hours here? And they're like, oh, we're, you know, we can't pay you. And I'm like, yeah, I know it's an unpaid internship. And um, one of the most important things that I did when I was there was make friends with the secretary, the person who works in the front desk. She was also the ma- office manager and managed all the 
the stuff around the office. And it was it was my relationship with her that moved my career forward in in radio because she was the one I came in uh, after school one day to do my internship hours. And she's like, oh, hey, Ryan, um, I wanted to tell you that there's a there's there's an opening. We're getting ready to put an ad out uh, for a board operator uh, for our control room. Um, you should go. You should go try to put in for that now before we put an ad out. Right. And so I had like that little bit of inside knowledge from the secretary. And because of that, I was able to go talk to station ownership that day, uh, put in an application for the job and they hired me and they'd never even put it out to the public that they were hiring because I was able to get in there and do that. So, you know, just uh, that's my testimony on how important it is, you know, to know the secretary. She runs everything or he runs everything. Right. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean, my first job, uh, I struggled a lot. It was coming in right out of college and it was a major position. They actually fired my manager. So I took on that role. And the only way I was successful is because I made really good friends with the office secretary and she gave me everything I needed. I mean, anytime I had a question, I just went to her and she helped me through it. And most of it was personnel issues. But I mean, without that assistance, I, I would have failed. And I think that people sometimes belittle those people are overlooking. They're trying to get to the the decision maker, the the president, the CEO, but uh, getting to the, the CEO of a multi-billion dollar company may not be possible, let alone easy. And so if you, you can sell from down below and you'd be surprised how easy that is. Yeah, and that's actually one of the reasons I really love this medium, right? Doing radio shows and podcasts because, you know, here you are the CEO of, you know, Five Day Startup and also the COO and uh, co-founder of Otter PR. Um, and you know, it was like you guys are putting out press releases on stuff that you're doing and boom, here we are connecting. You know, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm having a great time just discussing digital marketing and, you know, those types of things with you. And I think the medium allows for those type of meetings where they wouldn't necessarily be um, as uh, as easy to, to accomplish if I was, you know, like picking up the phone and calling Otter and being like, hey, can I interview your co-founder, Scott? I don't talk to him, right? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And I mean, my goal for this, like I said earlier, is to give back. I'm not trying to sell anyone a service. I'm trying to explain the value of a service, kind of the value proposition and potentially give you guys some tips and ideas on where to go forward. Uh, I don't think there's any reason to sell here. If you have a good conversation, you like what you hear, you can reach out. Yeah. But that's that, that shouldn't be the point of the conversation. The point is, how do we help other people? Yeah, and I think just just by way of having this discussion on things that you're doing and things that we're doing, you know, I'm hoping that the listeners are getting something out of this, right? There's uh, definitely some things that if, if other people who are entrepreneurs or, you know, working as uh, uh, their startup or, you know, even if you're an employee in a company, like I'm hoping that you're taking some of these ideas that Scott and I are talking about and, and being able to put them into play with what you're doing because, you know, especially in this world that we're living in. And I don't even know, I don't even know if we'll ever get back to what we used to consider the normal, right? Um, There's just so many unknowns. Like we've all just got to strap in and be ready to go for a ride, right? Yeah, I think that learning to adapt, a lot of people are looking for new jobs. Anyone that was in the service industry, like, I mean, there's just not going to be as many jobs for potentially years. I mean, we we have no idea. So yeah, it's finding a new way to get involved in a new way to work online or to just, build a new skill. Yeah, I know airlines are getting hit like crazy. I was on my way into the studio this morning and I'm listening to, you know, American Airlines is a Fortune 500 company, like number 124 or something on Fortune's 500 top list at, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of like, uh, you know, 50 or $60 billion. And, you know, they're going to take a hit to the tune of 
50% of their entire revenue, which is going to cause them to lay off 30,000 people that have been working for the airline. And so that's a perfect example of, you know, an industry that's been so hard hit with all of the COVID stuff that, you know, those folks, uh, we're going to have 30,000 people looking for jobs um, from that space um, that were either pilots, flight attendants, mechanics, whatever it is, um, come October of 2020. And there's, I think, a lot of opportunity for those folks to you know, uh, retool their skill set in a manner where they can be of service in, you know, some of these other areas of life. Yeah. I mean, when I started my first job, uh, energy wasn't doing so well and I was in the energy field and I saw a bunch of people getting laid off and I saw my benefits get cut. Even year one, I, I lost a large chunk of benefits. And that was really what got me started on this mission is I don't want to be relying on anyone else. I have no problem working for someone else working on a contract, but I want to always have multiple streams of revenue. I want to have different processes. And I want to be relatively independent in the sense that if I get fired or I lose two revenue streams or three revenue streams, I still have one. And that's kind of what happened to me this year is I, I lost all my revenue streams. I had one left that was hanging on and it was just enough to eat um, and almost went bankrupt with all the live events being shut down, but managed to start RPR and kind of build from there. But just the ability to continue to take hits, but also be so versed in different skills and kind of understand where the landscape is going has really helped me out. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I really like about people that are entrepreneurs in in just kind of in a nutshell, right? They're 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 so adaptable and diverse and, you know, not afraid to go get your hands dirty or, you know, say I need to accomplish something. I may not know how to do that, but I'm going to go learn how to do that. So that way I can do it because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of the same way as you. I don't want to rely on anybody for anything. I want to be able to go do it all on my own. And, you know, I've, uh, I don't know, I've got like 16 degrees from YouTube university. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're not willing to fail, then you shouldn't be an entrepreneur. Cause that's, I, I'm telling you, we fail every day. Every day is a new challenge, but the, the willingness to fail teaches you each failure was a lesson. I, I never call it a failure, I just call it a lesson. I was like, oh, oh that's that's a big lesson. Um, and you, you use that next time and you do everything in your power not to make that mistake again and actually ideally make your business and your next business bigger and better. You guys have to check out this new service that I'm playing around with called Issue. It is totally amazing. You live to create, but you don't live to worry over the last nitpicky details involved in putting final touches on contact. You got to do what you do best and let Issue handle the rest. If you're a creative, you know the drill. You're finally done editing. It's perfect. Now you just need format and reformat for every single platform. With Issue, make it once and it's ready to post everywhere. Seriously, Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital publications from brochures to magazines and sales collateral. It's perfect for creators, marketers, designers, educators, publishers, salespeople, or just anyone that wants to make eye-catching content that can be distributed on multiple platforms. Issue makes it really simple. Just upload the PDFs and files and Issue transforms them using your vision and customizable templates to create the content you want. With Issue, you just create it one time and distribute it everywhere. Everything is optimized to post on your website, social platforms like Instagram and Facebook. They can even help you make animated Instagram stories. And the best part about it, it is free. F-R-E-E free. That's right. It's free to get started with Issue. So go to issue.info slash frequency to sign up for your free account. That's I-S-S-U-U dot info slash frequency to sign up and let them know that you heard about it from this show, Finding Your Frequency. Remember, that's dot info, not dot com, dot info. So go to I-S-S-U-U dot info slash frequency and get your free account today. 
Well, I did an interview with a guy earlier this year and um, he ended up selling his third or fourth company for like a hundred million dollars to Microsoft. And what was interesting is he had failed with three other businesses before that. And it was the fourth business that finally took hold. He started it in his garage, you know, kind of like a Steve Jobs story, uh, started it in his, in his garage and, you know, moved his way through, uh, you know, the digital software landscape. And then ultimately uh, his company was, was purchased by Microsoft for a hundred million dollars. And what was funny is as I'm doing the interview with him and I asked him, I'm like, well, if you get, if I got a hundred million dollars, I'm probably going to retire. And he's like, no, I can't retire. I'll be bored, <laughs> you know? And so then he started a consultancy agency around the digital software space to consult other companies in um, getting to the place where he got that company. And that's what he does. There's a podcast around all of it. And, you know, uh, even though he's got a hundred million dollars in his pocket, he's still giving back to the community and digital software, trying to help people to get to the same space that he was. And I just thought that that was like so admirable of him to be able to do that, you know, cause I, I could, I can honestly tell you, I don't know if I'd be able to do that if I had a hundred million bucks in my pocket. <laughs> I think, it, I think it's the mindset of a true entrepreneur is we're always hustling. We're always working. We're always trying to drive for something new, whether that's building financial wealth or building independence or kind of helping other people. But it's that continued, I was actually having this conversation with my business partner the other day. I was like, we're doing better. I have more money than I need to live. Like, what is the, what is the point where we stop working? And we both agreed that it would be never, I would just, it's a passion. So we're, yeah. we're trying to build something. And there's a lot of people out there that are just trying to get back to a community, but they're, they're doing it in a way that adds value to their life as well. Yeah. I have to, I have to retract what I said earlier. It wasn't, it was a hundred million. It wasn't to Microsoft. It was to Sage, the, uh, the software company Sage. And so if you get a chance to look up Mitch Russo, um, he co-founded time slips corporation, which was the first company to do time tracking software online. Uh, and then in 94 was when he sold, uh, time slips to Sage for a hundred million dollars. Crazy. That, that is a crazy story. Yeah, and I don't. I'm, I'm sure you know who Sage is. They're one of the largest uh, <clears throat> software companies in the world. I think they're just right neck and neck with SAP. Okay. Yeah. So the just great, great story, and um, definitely, if you get a chance to look him up, I mean, he's it's such an interesting guy. He's got a podcast as well uh, where he talks about a lot of these things. Um, you know, Scott, when you're when you're thinking about you know this new normal and things that are happening in in this in the scape, what's you know, what's next on the horizon for you? I mean, I know that you're, you're working with Otter and you guys are doing PR stuff and you've been successful, but how do you continue that growth and upward trajectory that you're looking for? Yeah, of course. So I'll be a hundred percent invested in Otter for the next probably two years uh, with a goal to eventually sell it. I mean, we want to build an outstanding service that really helps people. And I think that's the cool thing about PR and getting, we really have the opportunity to get really involved with the clients and our, our goal has always been to provide the best service. We're actually unique in a, a stance that we're month to month. There's no contracts, and that's because when we tell our clients this, that we want to earn your business every month. We want to show you that ROI from from day one. Why you're working with us, and I think that every company should be run that way. And that's one of the frustrations with other digital media companies is they make you sign six months a year contract, crazy rates, and they provide little to no value. And I actually was taken advantage of in, in a digital marketing agency, kind of took me for a lot with, with no return. Um, and, and so my goal is to make sure that the service that, any service that I work on or any business that I work in actually is providing a real value to the clients. Yeah, that's extremely important. And I totally feel you. I've been on the receiving end of working with a digital agency that, you know, wanted a, you know, a six month contract and they were gonna do all of these things for us in that six month time frame. 
And guess what, Scott? None of it happened. None of it. And and that's <laughs> what I don't understand is why do they need six months? I guess the, the structure just never made sense to me. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I encourage people who are new to the space not to sign any long-term contracts. And if a company is not willing to work with you and prove their worth, they're not worth it. That's great advice. I hope you guys that are listening took that one. It's definitely some good advice, Scott. I appreciate that. It, it's it's really important. I mean, especially nowadays, like I think companies are being, being they're being very uh, tight around their wallets, right? Keeping everything as close as possible because we're all afraid of like, we don't know if this thing's going to get worse. Is it going to get better? Uh, like what's going to happen over the next, you know, one to two years as, you know, our economy tries to recover from, you know, what is arguably probably the worst economic downturn since the great depression and the the economic implications of what has happened to the united states i think are even far worse than you know the high the housing crisis of 2008 and you know how we all work together to build and get back to a, a sense of normalcy is going to be really important and you know having trust in our business partners and trust in you know companies that are going to do what they say they're going to do um, is one of the important steps to getting there to that economic recovery in my opinion yeah definitely i mean you need to build a relationship with whoever you're going to partner with even if it's just a small thing is you want to make sure that they're actually trying to do a good job for you uh, i understand not everyone can always succeed in every project but that, that true effort and positioning you to succeed uh, is very easy to do. And, and one of the ways to do that is not sticking someone in a long-term contract. Yeah, the only time that you should have a long-term contract is maybe for your three years in your lease in your building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely. And I mean, it does make sense in a lot of businesses just because of cash flow and things like that. That's just the way their business is structured. Yep. And I totally understand that, but there there's ways to do that uh, to make sure that you're taking you're helping out the clients as much as possible. So, how do you help your client? Uh, how do you help your clients identify, you know, what their goals are? And because I think a lot of people, you know, obviously they're like, I need to make more money, I need to make more sales. Um, but that's probably the answer for ninety percent of the people that are looking for, you know, PR is to amplify their brand and to make more money or more sales. But um, is that really where it starts? So we usually don't sell anyone on ROI directly from sales. Our goal is to build your credibility, build your community, and kind of increase your conversion rate with that trust. So it's a different metric. And like when you're dealing with PR directly, because we're not a digital marketing agency, we're not doing Google ads for you. So there's no direct ROI that ROI that we're, we're judging. We're, we're judging the actual articles. So we, we get you that Forbes article, and then we actually coach you on how to use that. And it's like, all right, so now you've been featured in Forbes. What do we What do we do with that? Where do you you tell your friends about it? You put it, you share it on social media. You put it in your signature. You put it on your website. It's using that to its full value to help you convert. Same with the case studies. Is you can have a great case study, but if it's not presented correctly and it's not shared per- correctly, no one even knows it exists. And so we have to use these tools. And PR is just another tool like anything else, uh, and you have to use it properly to help you convert and close clients. Yeah, I like to use the word brand amplification, right? I like that. Yeah, I do like that a lot. Yeah, I, we work with a great guy uh, who whose brand is called Amplified. Uh, and he's, he's a photographer and that's what he does is he does PR and he written so many books, the smile now movement. Um, and it's been, it's been, a, it's been an interesting ride, uh, seeing all the different things that they go through, but you know, that's literally the name of the game, right? Is you have to showcase, um, to the world, 
who you are, what you are, what you're about, and um, how you're better than the competition without telling them you're better than the competition. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> just making I, that I mean, statement I, doesn't doesn't do the trick. Definitely, I, I really agree, and I always I come down to the, the community side of it a lot is uh, showcasing in a way to get your community involved and making sure your messaging is on point with your community. There's you can have two companies selling the exact same product clones, but if one has good messaging and, and gets good mission statement, gets their a community involved and pulls in a niche group and the other one's trying to mass market and kind of just throw stuff at you, then you, there's just not gonna be that same engagement. That, that one that built community, even if it's a tiny community, is gonna win every time. Yeah, no, that's that's like the same idea as saying like I would rather have, you know, 10 Facebook followers that are extremely engaged in everything that I do than 100,000 just because I have the number. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. Yep. As long as those 10 are actually purchasing from you and they're good clients and you're they're telling everyone about you, they're w- worth way more than that 100,000. Way more. <laughs> I can't stress that out <laughs> enough. Way more. <laughs> Yeah, I would like a little bit more than 10, but that, <laughs> it gets them to point across. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I love it when I work with somebody and, you know, I see a post where, you know, they're 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 like, oh, hey, I did this today. I really appreciate A, B, and C, you know, company, radio show, whatever that's helped, you know, drive this or that or the other. And like, that's like the ultimate ROI, right? Is to get somebody that you've engaged with and you see them without even asking them to do so, putting out kudos on social media for something that you've done for them. Right. Uh, that that speaks volumes about the uh, about the community, um, about the DNA of a given company and what they're able to do. Absolutely. And I think a, a big part of it, too, we we're talking about reviews earlier is making sure even your unhappy clients are happy clients. And you do that with good policies. So if, if it's an e-commerce product and it's not it's broken, it comes damaged or they just don't like it, you take that return, um, even if you're losing money, obviously. But the, the whole point is you don't want a pissed off client. You don't want someone mad at you. You don't want someone mad at your business. They're like, okay, well the product wasn't great, but their customer service is awesome. At least you can take away one win and make sure you don't have people that are, again, community can go both ways. There can be communities against you. And I've seen that happen to businesses where they've just lost the community in a way that they've actually upset the community and they have people actively going after their business. And so you want to avoid that as much as possible. Oh yeah. We've, we've, we've had that, uh, that, issue before in the past being in business for 21 years here at voice America, we've had our fair share of stuff. What, what gets me is, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll be looking at like Yelp reviews or whatever. And somebody will put a Yelp review on about our company and be like, I can't believe these people charge money for their services. And it's like, (laughs) so you're going to lambast somebody because they told you that their services cost money and tell everybody that the company is bad, but you never actually did business with them. It's like, come on. (laughs) I mean, that'll happen. I mean, obviously those you can't avoid, but what you can avoid is upsetting your current clients. We've, we offer hundred percent guarantee on our our services. So if you're unhappy, uh, you get a full refund. And and that's honestly because you not telling your friends how much you hate us is worth more than the actual monetary value of the service we did. Yeah, that's a huge point. You know, um, so I'm on Facebook a lot and uh, I'm scrolling through and I'm a car guy. I love cars and motorcycles and stuff. And so I've been like trying to find this, like the best spray on ceramic coating for my for my truck and my motorcycle. And 
I'm, I'm going through and I actually eventually bought something from ads that I had seen on Facebook. And the only reason I bought this product over the other five products that are on there is because they're messaging. The first thing the guy says when he comes into the advertisement is, if you don't like this product, send it back to me and we'll give you your money back. Guaranteed, no questions asked, we don't care. Right. And so yeah. that, that was what that was what made me purchase that product, because the other products, as much as they were very similar in how they worked. Right. None of the other people told me as the consumer that if I don't like this, I can get my money back. Right. And so hearing that from them, that they have a, you know, a, a guarantee money back policy, if you're not happy, was like the difference between me making the purchase and not making the purchase. And the reason why I went with that product over the, you know, four or five other popular products that are in the same space. I mean, that's very I'm- important. Yeah, I mean, if you think about Amazon, if you have a customer issue, if, if your product doesn't arrive on time, anything like that, they're going to take it back instantly. There's no questions. It, it's pretty much automatic. I think it's automatic for everyone. You just go click return, you get a form, you do return it. And it's it's because they know that the money that they've lost there it isn't worth the fight. And it builds that customer relationship because now I had such an easy time returning it. I'm going to start buying everything there just because it, it's an easy process. It's convenient for me. And there's no fight on either side. <laughs> funny story my wife and I uh, we live here in Phoenix right and so like in the springtime in Phoenix um, we get really nice temperatures but with really nice temperatures and we live uh, in, a, in a community that's just outside of Phoenix um, where you know like a mile from our house is some dairy farms and so sometimes we get like a fly issue like flies are flying around all over and so my wife goes on to Amazon and she orders um, two bug zappers uh, to, to order them they come in the mail it was like a two pack right they come in the same box same everything they come in the mail we hook them up one works the other one doesn't so um i'm I'm not a big fan of chat right on on like Mm -hmm. amazon returns so i just called amazon right and they Mm -hmm. you know they they literally answer their phone in one ring every time it's it's amazing i don't know how they do that but um so i'm talking to the gentleman and you know and i'm like look let me let me lay out my scenario here um, I'm not supposed to leave the house because we're on a like stay at home order, right? I'm not supposed to go out and about. Um, I don't really feel like driving over to an Amazon locker, a UPS store or anything like that because I'm trying to keep my family safe and you know all that, all that stuff. And here's my problem. I got a bug zapper. One worked, the other one didn't. What do you want to do? And you know what he said? He said, oh, don't worry about it. Keep both of them. I'll send you a new pair right now. Yeah, right? I mean, that's the advantage. And another cool thing is you can actually, a lot of people don't realize this, you can message the seller directly instead of Amazon. A lot of times the seller will even give you better terms on the return. So I had a product that just completely didn't work. Uh, and so I messaged the seller and I was like, hey, your, your product's defective. And he's like, I'm so sorry, I'm gonna refund you fully and I'm also giving you a $10 credit to Amazon. And so it, it's really about that customer service. Again, um, yeah. they're trying to avoid, they're basically giving me $10 to make sure that I don't, or at least hope that I don't leave them a negative review. Um, and of course I didn't because that's just amazing customer service. If they're going to back their product, uh, <laughs> that, that well, then how could I say anything bad? Cause at least the company really values the customer. Yeah, no, that's, that's, and, and I think that's the point right there. The company values the customer. I think if a lot of companies who do business, keep that front of mind when they're doing business and, and maintain that relationship and remember that your business doesn't exist without those customers. And I think that's something that, you know, companies need to inherently put into their DNA. You know, I'm, I'm constantly telling our team here, you know, they'll get frustrated with the client and I have to remind them like as frustrated as you might get with a client. Remember that client is the reason why you have a 
paycheck, right? That client is the reason why we're in operation. So let's keep those things top of mind while we're doing customer service, because if we don't, you're not able to provide the best customer service possible if you're not thinking of the implications of bad customer service. For sure, but I mean, as an entrepreneur, I'll still walk away from clients, I'll, I'll fire clients, but I do it in the best way possible. I'll let them know, hey, this isn't fitting for us, we're not adding enough value to you, you're obviously expecting something else, I'd like to refund you the last month and a half of our service so we can leave on good terms. But you also, as a business owner, you have to value your time, the 80-20 rule. If, if one client who's only paying X amount of money is taking up 30% of your time, they're not worth it and you need to let them go. So you can bring in <laughs> five clients that replace that one client, but you have to do it in a way that you try to leave a good taste in their mouth and you try to still have them have a good experience and you, you do it in the best way possible. Yeah, that's like the whole idea with value-based pricing, right? Rather than billing by the hour, right? It's like here I have these different packages which are all inclusive and uh, you know having a value-based proposition versus billing by the hour allows you to really manage the expectation, the outcome and being able to provide the proper customer service. And I've seen, I don't know how many uh, professional services uh, firms, you know, who move to a value-based proposition. Like if you're a CPA, for example, right? You know, instead of working by the hour, you work by the job. Hey, I'll do your taxes for X amount of dollars Versus, you know, um, I get paid X amount per hour to do taxes um, and, and and being able to actually reduce the number of clients that they work with and only work with those ones who understand that value because that's the best use of their time, the best use of their customer service and not dealing with those other clients that are taking up more time and not paying like the other one. So uh, that's, a, that's a great rule. No, I 100% agree. I, I changed my model. We used to be hourly um, at the very beginning and we switched to, to the value. It's just a, a set fee. And it's just a better package on everyone's side. There's no like communicating on the, the charges. It's just, hey, this is what you pay per month. We're gonna yep. we're gonna kill it for you and everyone's gonna win versus, you know, me sitting there with a time clock, like clocking it in and then you will did he actually spend that time? Because you don't know they're not working there. It's just it's not a good model for anyone nowadays. Yeah, well, and it's not really about the time. It's really about the outcome, right? I mean, if the outcome is where you want it to be and the outcome is appropriate, then the time that it does, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's uh, it's almost like uh, the, 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 the person who came up with the Citibank logo, right? This is a, an interesting marketing story. The, the person who came up with the Citibank logo charged Citibank $3 million for the brand, right? And the CEO of Citibank, back when this was happening, went to the, the agency and was like, you know, we just gave you like the spec for this like two days ago, how can you already, you know, have a brand and an idea of what we, what we're supposed to do to branding for Citibank, you know, and the, and the designer and CEO of the particular company went back to Citibank and say, look, you didn't pay me for time. You paid me for outcome, right? It's taken me 30 years of experience to be able to provide this outcome in a three day turnaround. So that's why it costs that much money, not the amount of time that I put in because I've already put in 30 years. That 30 years is how I was able to get this to you as quickly as possible. And I think a lot of people lose sight of that idea. That's a cool story. I'm looking at the city logo right now. I, I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, no, got, it, it got makes, sketched it on a napkin in a bar by the CEO of the uh, the digital marketing agency um, who was out of town, right? They they sent the portfolio to her via email. Her assistant picks her up from the airport, takes her. She says, hey, you know what? I've been traveling all day. I'd really love to go get some dinner and a drink. Why don't you come with me? They're sitting there at the, uh, at the bar. She gives the portfolio to the designer who happened to also be the CEO of the company. And right there, she sketches out the city logo on a napkin napkin and boom there it was and they were like how how you charge us three million bucks for a napkin drawing <laughs> yeah no i mean that, that makes sense you have the experience and that's the value of hiring the right people is 
they're going to get the job done correctly. So you look at their track record, and we mentioned the reviews, the case studies, whatever it is yeah. to prove that they can do that for you. So Scott, I want to thank you for being on the show today. We're running out of time, but um, please let the audience know where they can find you online, website, social media, all that fun stuff. Yep. So you can find me at otterpr.com. That's otter like the animal, O-T-T-E-R-P-R.com. And then my Instagram is also found Scott. And if you guys reach out, DM me or email me through otterpr, I'd be happy to answer any questions you guys have. Yeah, thank you so much for being on. You know, I think a great title for this episode is going to be Public Relations, Connecting to the Right Audience. I love it. Sounds great. I, I, this was a, a lot of fun. I'm, I was excited to be here and I really appreciate your time. Scott, thanks for being on. You guys uh, listening to Finding Your Frequency right here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. If you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns, or even uh, some ideas for the show, please email us at info at voiceamerica.com. And of course, you can always go to voiceamerica.com and peruse the thousands and thousands of radio shows that we have available there. Multiple episodes. You could probably listen for 10 years and not listen to the same thing twice. So uh, if, if, you, if you like this show, I'm sure you'll like other shows on the platform, on the network. Uh, and make sure you stay tuned and come back next week. Uh, right here on Finding Your Frequency.